Welcome back to the Fitness Fee podcast. I'm Fee and this podcast is for anyone who is interested in nutrition, fitness and mindset. If you want to feel more in control, enjoy living your life while reaching your goals, then this is the podcast for you. I hope you enjoy it and let's get into the episode. Hi and welcome to this month's episode. We are now in the month of September and of course I have the lovely Stu with me. Hi Stu. Hello. Pleasure How to be you? with you as <laughs> always. I am uh, I am quite good, thank you. I've had a positive day. I went for a swim to liven me up for this podcast and interestingly, whether it's related or not, I'm not entirely sure. A lot of factors that are involved in this. But for the first time, I didn't wear my fitness tracker to do the swim. So Ooh. I counted the laps in my head, which may may or may not have been accurate. We know personal trainers are um, very unreliable at counting reps and can easily add some on. Yes. But I was counting lengths out, and it was the most therapeutic feeling, remembering that exercise is not therapy in the sense of a safe space to talk. But it was the most therapeutic feeling and it was the smoothest swim so far. So I think I might have to start playing about with going for a swim without the fitness tracker on. What did you track when you were when you were wearing it? What the was it the lengths or the time or see, so it's annoying because the swimming pool that I swim in is only 12 and a half meters, but my watch only tracks in 25 meters. So everything that I do, I have to half. So like oh, okay. I've swam a thousand, but I've only swam five hundred kind of vibe. Um but normally I just track time. Oh, okay. But today, obviously, I had nothing. I was just swimming lengths, and it felt like a really great swim. So maybe I was trying to improve too much, trying to push myself too hard, and maybe easing off for a little bit might Ooh. be an option. I don't well, know. That's, that's, um, that's worth expe- that's... experimenting with. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, that's probably another subject for a podcast because my bestie has just invested in a whoop band. Ooh. Much to my... um dismay because it's all about the data um so anyway yeah i think that's probably another um another whole nother podcast that one is fitness trackers and data uh so anyway this month we are going to talk about routine obviously if you are in the uk or in maybe europe um kids have probably gone back to school it's the end of the so-called summer um if you are on the other side of the world it could be that you are coming out of so-called winter <laughs> going into spring summer um so you know it's usually that time of year where it's a change of seasons um routine is maybe coming back in for you after you've been all like holidaying etc um and this can be i think a prime opportunity to um maybe reset I don't like to say restart because I don't think you're restarting, you've already started, you're just picking up where you left off before. But it's also a time that some people can really struggle with. I think especially parents um, finding their feet, getting back into routine, finding it quite overwhelming, especially if you've got kids going into new school years or whatever. So it can be, I think, quite tricky if you don't find yourself into that routine that you were previously it might have changed could be a new job or whatever um and those kind of days creep into weeks and then before you know it you're near the end of September and you're feeling that you're not where you want to be 
So I think today we're just going to talk about routine, how it's good. How can you get back into routine? What tips and tricks that we can give you to help you achieve this? Um, yeah, I think that sounds like a good place to start, Stu. What do you think? I think it does indeed. And interestingly, I've just started reading a book called The Master of Change by Brad Stolberg. He's wrote a few books. And some of the concepts that he's talking about apply directly to what you've just said there. So if we think of homeostasis as like the body returning to baseline, so it goes through a period of order, then it goes through disorder, then it goes back to order. Um, and the term that he uses is homeostasis describes order, disorder, order, whereas allostasis describes a pattern of order, disorder, and then reorder as opposed to returning to baseline which is nice okay. because what you've just said about this routine and not wanting to use this word like reset or go backwards fits perfectly because we want to, we had order previously. You've gone through a period of disorder, summer holidays, going on holiday, kids off school, et cetera, et cetera. And now we want to reorder. We want to use all of the learning that we've took from the holidays, anything that we've experienced to then allow us to grow moving forward. So actually, rather than thinking of going back to routine, how about we renew all our energy and move forward into this new routine, this new sense of order, and then we can take all that growth and learning from the summer with us. Yeah, yeah, I like the way, I like that. Yeah, because that's probably, when you look at it that way, that is what will have happened to most people. They will have been in a kind of routine and ordered you know everything was like a set way and then it all changed for a period of time and now you want to go back to that but it might not be a case of being exactly the same as what it was before it just needs to look a little bit different um so what are your top tips for getting back into or not back into it finding your new routine your new rhythm yeah and i think it's important right because for so many people especially ones that have got kids now they might have gone through that transitioning period between schools. Mm. So actually your old routine wouldn't serve you anyway because you'd be dropping them off at the wrong school, which would be an absolute nightmare. Mm -hmm. So it's like that old routine that you had isn't going to serve you in this new season of your life. Mm. And I think this is really important when we think about behaviours as a whole. There's like, uh, and it, it sort of links in with what we mentioned about the trackers earlier on, in the sense that is this thing still serving you in this current season of your life? So if you previously you were training five times a week or with the summer you had more time available and you were able to train more, then is that level of training frequency still serving you moving forward? Is the way that you've structured your day still serving you moving forward? The answer might be yes. The answer might be no. And that's okay. It's not right or wrong, but it's about finding where you are right now. And I think being able to take that little step back and be like, right, this is the situation that I am in. These are the struggles that I am facing right now. These are the things that are maybe a bit more challenging because you maybe found it really easy to fit exercise in when you had more time. But now that you're back working full time, maybe the kids are at school, you've got kids exercise, uh, activity classes, you've got breakfast clubs, you've got activities at the weekend. Now, all of a sudden, it might be a completely different ball game. And I think one of the key things that's really going to help you at this time is being able to identify what's really important to you because that then creates like the boundaries for you to work within, like the constraints. 
Like you don't want to be doing things that don't add to what is a meaningful life for you. And obviously that comes back to back to what you value and then what's mm. most important. And how do all of these behaviors that you want to include actually add to those aspects of your life? So if family is really important to you and you're thinking of this new routine moving forwards, what behaviors are going to allow you to show up in a more whole way for that aspect that's really meaningful, family? Well, actually, that might mean you do need to drop training frequency from five to three. It might mean that you've got to get up at a different time to get a walk in because you're not going to be able to spend time with your kids otherwise. Mm. It's about being able to check in on the framework that you've got for where you are and then work from there. Yeah, I think something that I find that crops up with my clients um, and, and a lot of them are mums with, with school children um, is that after they've been through the, the summer or school holiday period um, is that they find that they then become back at the bottom of the list of priority because work is consuming, you know, uh, I'm making sure that the kids are all right. And then it's like everything else comes above themselves where in the summer, because they might not have been working as much or they might not have had so much stress of like getting the kids like A to B and wherever they need to be, that they were able to make themselves a little bit more of a priority. Then all of a sudden, they're you know they're back down to the bottom of the pile again um which i know that quite a few of my clients struggle with again at this time of year um and it getting back into that routine again the change of routine obviously like you said um does affect a lot of parents it could be that your children are going to high school or maybe even starting school some you know parents have got children that have never been in school and getting into that routine um so uh, for me, I would say it would be definitely number one thing would be to organize your week as best as you can. And like you say, link it to what is most important to you um, and looking at what actually needs to give way. So rather than trying to think I need to do everything like that might be a case of you need to build up to that and make it work slightly different to how you think it should be working because often we have these things in our head and the way that we plan them out yeah if you like write it down on paper or if you actually try to implement it in action it doesn't quite work out that way and then if you're trying to do too much with the little time that you might have it then gets to the point where it becomes all consuming and you think oh, fuck it, I might as well not bother doing any of it because it's not working anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm actually just making some notes there because there's so many great things that you said. Because I think we hold these expectations over ourselves, right? That like, oh, it's been, it's only been six weeks. So I'll just be able to go, go exactly where I was. I'll just show up and everything will fall into place. And it won't. Like that's not going to happen on its own. And if you're not sitting down and planning this week out and thinking, right, where can I fit this in at? Where can I structure this? Making it more clear and, and down on paper, then you're probably going to struggle to actually implement it. And I think also just giving yourself that little bit of grace and saying, like, I'm not, I don't need to get this bang on on the first attempt. Like, if this week or next week doesn't go to plan, that doesn't mean that I have to completely give up and step away. It means I haven't found what's going to work for me in this particular season. Mm. And because... 
everything around you is changing, there's a very good chance the components of your routine are going to have to change too. You know, and you mentioned there about like doing everything and it's actually like checking in with what is, like I said earlier on, about what's serving you because there's a very good chance that rather than thinking, how can I get more workouts in? How can I get more steps? How can I do this? How can I do that? What can I remove that's going to give me back more energy and clear up some space to have the ability to create magic moments, to be able to have the space to get some downtime. Like we're so easy and, and it's sort of like this conflict and idea, right? So when it comes to like food and um, how can we add more plants and protein? How can we add more daily movement? But then actually there's going to be times, especially times of high stress, of high demand, of lots of change, which is what's going on right now with this routine change where sometimes we need to strip it back, right back down to basics and be like, how can I still maintain this level? You know, setting those non-negotiables, what you're going to commit to doing each week that is going to align with those values. So like if your values are family, what is something that you're going to commit to this week that is going to prioritize your family or is going to prioritize that component of your life? And that might look as simple as like, we're going to have a phone-free meal once a week. Great but at least you've identified a way that you're going to act in alignment with your values on a week by week basis, which is going to give you some form of stability in the change that's flying on around you. Mm. So even just being able to identify like, where am I going to do this, this particular thing? How am I going to prioritize my health and wellness? It doesn't need to look the same as what it did previously, but you still need to make space for it. Because when, you know, and it's so easy for you to fall down that priority list, but falling down the priority list was also led you to the place where you didn't want to be previously. So unless something happens differently, and again, remember, not perfection, but unless you do something differently moving forwards, then you're going to continue to fall into this same cyclical cycle of I give myself a window of time, summer holidays, et cetera, where I do prioritize myself. But then as soon as any sort of change happens, that all crumbles away and it goes back to exactly how it was. Mm, yeah. it's A change is hard, isn't it? Um, and it's hard for everybody. It doesn't matter what you're trying to change. Um, and sometimes the change is outside of your control. So it's trying to find what works best for you. And I think also, the, especially with the mums, it's trying to do everything. And it's like you don't have to be super mum or super person, whoever you are, all the time, constantly, because that in itself becomes so energy draining. And if you're not, I mean, this is what I try to explain to my clients, if you're not pouring from a cup that is nearly full or full, then how can you give enough to the things that you want to give, like your job, your family, your, you know, your partner, your kids, what's most important to you? If you're not giving to yourself then you're not going to be giving enough or what is needed to that I mean it's like the level of productivity isn't it I mean we say this all the time about people taking breaks when you're sat down in a job from nine till five or eight till four or whatever hours you do not having a break like a physical break from your work is non-productive and it's been proven in studies to show that that if you actually take a break it means then you come back and become more productive um so i think that 
you know, can you can apply that to all aspects of your life. So like, like you said, there comes a point where you don't need to be adding more all the time because you feel that, well, I'm going to do six workouts because that's going to be the most effective way to reach my results, where it's not. You could do less and still be effective. It's where less is more, isn't it? It's, um, it's a, it is a very fine line and a balance to find and to get. And I don't think it's something that you instantly know. And I think it's something that you have to learn over a period of time. And maybe it might even be like, a couple of years you might you probably won't get it right the first time there might be something that works and something that doesn't and then next time you can try it a little bit different again um but i definitely think it's being kinder to yourself and realizing that you don't have to be doing everything all the time for everybody else as well yeah and i think even when you were saying there about, you know, go out and doing six workouts a week, like it's understanding that a lot of the people that you see that are doing X amount of workouts per week or they're doing all this and they're managing all this, they've trained their capacity to do that over time. Do you know what I mean? So like we, we look at people who are super productive. They're not super productive by chance. They're super productive because over a period of time, they have done more and more within their window of tolerance and made that bigger. And we see the same with exercise. Like when you first start training, you don't train six times a week. You train two or three because your ability to recover from that, your capacity isn't there as you do more, as you do more reps, as you find what works, as you become more efficient, as you find the routines or the little behaviors that work really well for you. And that efficiency builds, your capacity to do more builds. But that doesn't mean at any point you're not allowed to take that step back mm-hmm. and be like, oh, I, I need time to regroup here. And I was actually just on, on a, a podcast recording with, with, with a woman called Clara, um, a psychologist, and she used a beautiful example of Everest. And she said, you know, like, it's like climbing Everest. Like people don't go from bottom to top. They go to base camp. And then they go to camp one and return back down to base camp because you've got to acclimatize at each camp. Mm. You go to base camp for a couple of weeks, then you go to camp one, then you go to camp two, but then you come back down to base camp and then you go to camp one, then camp two, then camp three, but back down to camp one. Like you don't just go right to the top. It's not a complete summit. You've got to take periods where you step back, acclimatize, get settled in where you are understand everything that's going on and then you can do another intentional push and it's so easy to fall into this trap of thinking we always need to be pushing 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 it just means you're absolutely exhausted all the time Mm. when you were saying about the the cup you know right now if you've got a hole in your cup and you don't spend the time plugging that hole it doesn't matter what else you do you're always going to just be leaking energy so if you're spending loads of your energy like fighting with this reality that I should be training six days a week and you aren't, you're never going to feel like you're doing enough. Mm-hmm. You need to create these sort of constraints uh, around what, what you're going to do and say, right, this is the amount that I'm going to aim for. If I do this, this is enough for me this week. And this is why I say about needle movers. Like what are going to be the things that when you get them ticked off, the week's a success? Because otherwise you're just going to fall into this cycle of overworking or mm. overdoing everything or trying to do everything. Yeah. You don't need to try to do everything when you've already set the, the limits of success 
And you can say, well, actually, this week's been a successful one because I've ticked off X, Y, Z. All right, okay. And you can ease that pressure a little bit. And something you mentioned about, you know, trying to be the best mum in the world. And obviously, that is a, a natural sort of instinct to, to want to be the absolute best. But being the best is a completely separate thing. In order to be the best, you would have to be doing it all of the time. Like to be to be a runner is one thing, but to be the best runner is a completely different pursuit. Mm. You know, to be the best runner, the you let's use the Usain Bolt as an example. He trained for four years, day in, day out, religiously, consistently, to run nine seconds. That's it. He ran nine seconds. His entire life for oh. four years was dedicated to running less than 10 seconds. So if you want to be the best mum in the world, that is A, an unrealistic expectation. B, there's no context whatsoever to that conversation. Like, what is the best? What does that look like? There's completely different demographics of the world. So the best in one context wouldn't be the best in the other. So that's, again, an unrealistic standard that you're trying to hold yourself to that is just costing you energy. I was going to say, I think it's levels of expectation as well, isn't it? It's what you think other people perceive that you should be doing. So I should be doing this. I need to be doing that because that's what Wendy across the road does. You know, mm -hmm. all the all perfect life that you see on Instagram um, or, or any other social media. Um, I think it is definitely levels of expectations because we, you know, we put these expectations on ourselves and we're all really guilty of doing it on whatever oh, level you want, like whether it's work, family, business, you know, uh, fitness, whatever. You put these levels of expectations on yourself and people, when you ask them the question, they actually, they're like, well, I haven't got any level of expectation. We well, actually have, you probably just haven't thought of them that that's what they are. Um, most of the time that they're like, they're way higher but people see as lowering the bar almost like a defeatist like because of the you're making it realistic it's like well it's i'm not making it hard enough for myself um and you don't need to be doing that all the time um and i think in you know it's an easy trap to fall into very easy trap to fall into especially when you've got kids you think that like you know you need to be giving them you know the best and be the, like the super mom the fun mom the mom that you know always says yes to everything and you know it, it can't be like that because like life isn't like that um and you're going to end up the one that's run yourself into the ground and not doing anything that you want to do um so i think levels of expectations is a massive one that you need to be asking yourself all right what can i do here that is less but probably nobody else is actually going to like notice. I mean, things like, you know, that the cleaning, the housework, the ironing, does it need to be done? Yeah, all right, the kids might need their school shirts ironing, but can you just do that? Do you need to do a whole two hours of ironing at like 10 o'clock at night? Or can you just quickly do the kids' school shirts so they've got like a shirt for the morning? It's those kind of compromises. And I know, you know, they're jobs that are always going to be there, but they're always going to be there. I mean, it'll still be there in the morning the world will see, still keep turning and everything else is all going to be all right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, this idea that we've got no expectations, like I'll blow it out the water. If you didn't have any expectations, you wouldn't function as a human. You'd be lying on the ground in a puddle, crying your eyes out because our brains 
need to predict what's going to happen because if they don't, like, imagine that you didn't predict what was going to happen when you opened the door outside and and when you stepped out, what, what would happen? Like, you wouldn't know. Your brain makes predictions so that we can make decisions quicker, so that we can function, so that we can move through the world. Like, imagine if at any point your brain thought you could fall off a cliff. Imagine how you would live your life. You'd be like, that'd be stupid. That doesn't make any sense. So what our brains do is they say, I think that this situation is going to go X, Y, Z. It's going to go in this particular pattern. You've just created some expectations. Now that when those expectations are way too high. And I think this fit beautifully what you said there, right? So the expectation is I must do all the laundry, all the ironing when I do it. And the reason that I've got that expectation is because I'm worried what other people think or because I haven't set the constraints of success. So now this activity is no longer about just getting the kids' school shirts ready. It's about completing the ironing. Well, as you and I both know, and you certainly more than me, the washing never bloody ends. So... <laughs> The task is going to have arms and legs for as long as it exists. So in that, unless you set the constraints, you're going to end up... When you say, I want to do the ironing, how much ironing? Oh, well, I'm going to iron for 30 minutes. Right, great, we'll stick to 30 minutes. Because if after 30 minutes, the stack's still massive, which it will be because it never ends, then all of a sudden, I'll just do what I do and don't iron your clothes. But like... when. <laughs> But like literally when it gets to that that 30 minutes, you go like, oh, well, I've still got loads to do. So I'll just do an extra 30 minutes. And all of a sudden the ironing's now took two hours. You feel exhausted. You've got out not now else done. And I don't think the frame of doing things that are self-care for other people is necessarily the only one that we want to use. But it's also something that can add context. You know, if you do want to be an amazing parent person to your children to your loved ones obviously we're using this this format but if you do want to show up amazingly in your job if you are career driven then all of these things that you aren't doing that don't allow you to fully integrate health into what you do are costing you that anyway so if you're not showing up for yourself if you're not making sure that you're nourished that you're exercised that you're having the, the tools available for stress that you've got routine you're going to end up burned out which means that the goal that you set yourself of being an amazing mom isn't happening because you're knackered on the sofa all the time and can't be present and play with the kids. So it's self-defeating. So unless you prioritize these things, then you're going to end up in the place that you say that you don't want to be anywhere. So you've got the choice. And again, this is going to look different for everyone. You've got the choice to find ways that these behaviors align with your values and you can include them in your week or don't but then end up in the place where you resent everyone because you're so burned out you've got no time or energy for the struggles that other people are having and you know like when your kids come in from school and they've had a really bad day or someone said something horrible to them what do they need in that moment they need vulnerability they need trust they need an open space they need this emotional availability they need that security you can only provide that if you're in a great place yourself mm. yeah 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 yeah, it is like it's very in depth and um, much more complicated than most people realize. Once you start thinking about it, people think like you know, obviously, just getting back into a routine. It's is once you start digging a little bit deeper and realizing what is important um, and how that you can keep giving to yourself as much as you want to give to the things that are most important to your life. 
Yeah, and change is a constant, right? Like, we can't avoid it. Like, it's always going to happen. So you either learn the underpinning things that allow you to handle change in the moment and find new routine, find reorder, grow and adapt, or you face this problem that you face now every single time moving forwards. Like, when you do this work once, you're setting yourself up for future success. You're setting yourself up for the longer term. Mm. And I just think it would be better to do it now, build the toolkit and then not have to face this problem as intensely in the future, or at least know that you've got the capability to handle it. And like you say, it it does sound quote unquote simple, but it's also the same reason why so many people start a new routine and manage two weeks and then can't maintain it. Yeah. I was going to say also have a look. What might be an idea is like look back at like how you've managed change uh, or getting back into a routine before what worked for you what didn't work for you how did you manage it did you do it successfully um and see if you can keep on implementing those and just remind yourself okay this is what i did last time this is what worked for me and it could be as simple as you know as and and i say this to my clients all the time is you know talk to if you're if you're you know a mom a dad a family member Talk to the people that you live with if you live with other people in whatever shape or form because they're your support network and they're your nearest and your dearest. And if you don't tell them that you're struggling, then they are not able to help you. So if you're struggling with the housework, with, you know, shipping the kids from A to B and like, you know, nobody is helping you. If there there might be, they might not actually even be aware that you're struggling because you are choosing not to say anything. And you're just trying to juggle all those balls yourself because you think that's what you should be doing. Whereas if you said, well, actually, I'm really struggling. Um, I need people, you know, members of this family to help me. And it, it could be very simple things like, you know, getting the kids to like, I mean, we've, I've had this conversation with the girls, you know, take the dishes to the dishwasher and just, it can be just simple things. You know, somebody else takes the kids to a kids club so that you can go and do, go to the gym or go and do a gym class so that you feel better about yourself. It could be something as simple as that. Um, so I would like definitely look at how other people can help you as well and not feel that, you know, you need to take on everybody else's problems and the world's and juggle it all and try to do something for yourself, which usually gets put on the back burner. Yeah, and I think it's really important, right? Like communication. Mm. Like if you aren't verbalizing and articulating your needs and what you need, how are you expecting other people to even meet them? Mm. Like it's not going to happen. And this is where we need to take that bit of responsibility. And I'm not saying it's an easy conversation because it by means is not easy to have these, like, actually, I really need some support right now. It's challenging by, you know, it takes some vulnerability. It takes us to step outside our comfort zone and have those uncomfortable conversations. But unless you do that, you're not going to get the support that you need. Like if you just expect people to meet your needs without you verbalizing them, like what, why, why do you think that they even know it's not the case and you know even just being able to and i said about this you know using like a an invitation to rather than because it's so easy for us to attack people because that's easier for us to verbalize than meeting our own needs so it turns from you know when you said about the kids putting the 
Oh, like you never put the dishes in the dishwasher. And that's an attack. That's a criticism. Whereas inviting them to, oh, actually, I've noticed that all the dishes get left on the table at the end of the day. And I feel really tired at the end of the day. And I could really do with some support. So would it be okay if you help me load the dishes in the dishwasher? Completely different dynamic of the conversation. One's attacking, one's criticizing. One's going to make the people on the other side close down and not want to participate. The other becomes an open invitation for this person to help and support and gives more space for them actually to engage in it. Like even just that tiny little change can be enough to be like, actually, like I am struggling. This is what I need right now. Will you be able to help me with that? Like, would you be willing to do this? They might turn around and say no. And if that's the case, then obviously that's the case. Like you can find other ways where they can potentially give you support. A bit different with kids, obviously, because there's varying levels and there's a point where you need to be an adult. But at the same time, when you check in with your kids, like what's wrong? Like, oh, oh like I'm, I don't feel, what's wrong? And they tell you like, oh, I don't feel too well or I'm hungry or I'm tired or like they verbalize what they need. Mm. We need to do that too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and ultimately, they learn as well, don't they? So if you're showing them an example of like, how to how to have a balanced life, then they're gonna grow up that way as well. So yeah, holding boundaries and, and yeah. expressing our own needs, mm. and then hold them boundaries to be able to make sure that they happen and that our needs aren't dismissed. It's tough work, it's challenging work, but it's also the one that gives gives you the greatest sense of autonomy and self, like you then you're in way more control of what's going on around you in a very uncertain world, which yeah. in itself is a, is, is a, is a nice thing to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um. So do we have any more top tips for getting back into routine September already? I can't believe it's like nearly the middle of September. No, the year is flying. I think I think those upstream behaviors, I call them upstream behaviors. They're just things that make everything else easier. So like, what can you do today, tomorrow, that makes everything else that you do easier or not even necessary? Mm. Ah, different way of framing the question. So like protein, what can you do so that hitting your protein target is easier or the multiple runs to the shop that you do to get protein stuff doesn't need to happen at all. Oh, well, actually, like if I just do a big weekly shop and get all, all right, amazing. So maybe a big weekly shop works for you. For some other people, it doesn't. Mm. But it's identifying the things that make everything else that you've got to do that little bit easier. And I can guarantee that planning is one of them. Obviously, you mentioned earlier. Yeah, on. yeah. I mean, it is. And I know people are like, oh, I can't be, but, you know, I don't have time to plan. If you actually planned, you would have more time. And I know it's like, sometimes people are like, I don't understand the concept of that. But if you actually planned out your week, then you would not need to be thinking every day, what do I need to do? Where do I need to be? Who needs to be where and when? Like, how many packed lunches do I need to do? What we're having for dinner? All that time that you spend thinking about it and then panicking because you need, then you need to go to the shop and get the food and then you need to have time to make it. If you'd taken like, an hour out of your weekend to do that, to sit down with your calendar, with like the kids stuff or your partner's work stuff and work out who's where doing what, 
you know, do an online shop so that you don't even actually have to physically go to the shop. You know, it can be really simple things like that. And I think it's definitely that, I think, the planning. People so underestimate organising and planning. And, I mean, it can look different to a lot of people. It's the same with, like, meal prep, isn't it? When you say meal prep, people just have images of little Tupperware boxes and spending, like, six hours on a Sunday at the cooker which is fine if that's what you want to do I mean that's there's no harm in that but it doesn't have to look like that there are so many different versions of and levels of what meal prepping and being prepared and planning can look like and it can be as simple as just knowing what your main meals are going to be having the food there ready so that you don't even have to think about it um and also like like planning your your workouts, what you want to do. Uh, and this is, I know, something that people struggle with. But, it, like, you know, plan it. I and mean, we say this all the time. Plan it like you do a work appointment. So, like, you've got a, an appointment, a meeting, a phone call. What You know, you got to talk to somebody at work about something. You put it in your diary. Do the same with, like, a workout, whether it's a lunchtime walk or, you know, a workout after work. Put it in your calendar, and that's your commitment to yourself as well um and it might not always go to plan but at least you've planned for it to more than likely happen it's probably going to happen more more than it wouldn't if you didn't if you, if that makes sense yeah yeah no absolutely and i think you know this pushback on i've got no time to plan um again i'm just going to blow it all out the water and it's not a valid argument because if you didn't have time to plan that means that you're using all of your available time within the week how are you using that time? Well, you don't have a plan to compare it to, so you don't know, which means that a lot of your time is most likely going on things that aren't a priority. So a plan is sitting down and saying, these are the things that are the most important that need to get done. These are the things that I have to show up at X, Y, Z. This is my pre-commitments. If you don't have a structure there to compare your week to, how do you know how effective it's been? Mm. Well, you don't because there's no there's no structure. And not every week has to be effective by any means. And you don't have to plan every single week. You're allowed to have weeks where you don't plan. But you also can't complain that you don't have any time when you don't have a plan to compare it to. It's like it's literally like self-defeating. And if you've got no idea where your time is going, because you don't have a plan, then of course you're going to have no time. And I can guarantee that if you get your phone out and look at your screen time, mm. it's a lot higher than what you would like it to be. And it's like you you need to have this level of prioritization. And if you think of what the emotion of overwhelm is, like people say, oh, I feel so overwhelmed. Overwhelm is there's loads of things to do and I just don't know which one to do. I've got many options and I don't know which one to take. If you had a plan that was prioritized, you would know which one to take because you've got yeah. a plan which means now overwhelm isn't as much of a problem. Doesn't say it doesn't exist because it does. There's still going to be overwhelm, but it's going to be less than. Mm. And the mental energy that you then save by not being overwhelmed all of the time. And also how much of the work, whatever that looks like, family work, housework, work, work, fitness work, general activities, how much do you spend trying to work out what you need to do next yeah. because you, you're overwhelmed. 
like, oh, I'm completely overwhelmed. I don't know what there is to do. I need to do the laundry. I need to do this. I need to do meal prep. I need to do this. You've got no plan. You've got no prioritization. You've got no strategy. So of course you feel overwhelmed. So the amount of time that you use in that moment, not make, not taking action is time that you're losing every single day. And that is time that you could more effectively use creating magical moments. It could be actually when I have a plan, I, even if you plan for half an hour, you plan for half an hour and let's say it saves you the same amount of time a week. That half an hour, you can now sit down completely present with your kids because yeah, yeah. you've planned. And it's like, ah, and, and like you say, it can look different for everyone. Like a plan could be as simple as this is the days I'm going to do my workouts. It yeah. could be actually, these are all the appointments that I've got. I've got this week. These are where the kids clubs are. This is where I need to be at this time. Just having a calendar with, with blocks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I have to do it I have to do it I have to have a plan it's like I've got a plan every single week yeah function without one um yeah yeah and and I think a big resistance to planning is like well then there's going to be no space for like fun and enjoyment and I think people feel it's very like it's it's then it can't change like because you've made a plan it's very rigid and that's not true when you plan something it doesn't mean that you can't move it a little bit tweak it be flexible with it nobody ever says that but some people get that into their head and oh, they won't like once they've got a plan it's like it's set in stone and nothing can change like that isn't that isn't what how plans work it just helps you free up like you say free up more time to do the things that you want to do yeah, absolutely. And like that, that's rigidity, right? Like if you've got a very rigid plan, then as soon as there's any sort of pressure in a different direction, it breaks and it all falls apart. Mm. But if you've got slots where there's backup slots, you've worked in some wiggle time, you've created space to have amazing memories. And, you know, we, we say about this idea that we, what the thing we ultimately want is like, oh, freedom and be able to do what we want when we want and have this autonomy. Unless you've got the discipline that's required to plan, you're going to struggle to find that because you're going to be spending all of your energy trying to work out what you should be doing. You know, when we use a plan to create structure, we create structure for the chaos. Like you need both. It can't be this or that. It can't be fun. It can't be like plan or fun it's plan and fun it's yeah. structure and chaos we need a container for the chaos to live in and the chaos yeah. is just general life and day-to-day and carnage and and you know change that's another way to describe it what i've just talked about but you need a structure to contain that because if you don't it'll just spill out into every other area of your life mm. um yeah i forgot where we were now uh, yeah so planning is definitely key um and i think it's something that shouldn't be avoided if you've never done it before i would just keep it very very simple and very basic to begin with um even if it just means simply writing out a little meal plan for the week because that's usually there's one thing that most people get stuck on is um what they're having to eat and when they're gonna have it um and then just like keep progressing from there, really. I think, and and you will find your routine. And if you're if you're a mom and you're you're or a parent and you've got uh, school children, you know that this period of time isn't going to last for very long. Because give yourself another six weeks, and then you've got another holiday. 
So, you know, I always try and speak to my clients and say, like, you know, you know that this is going to be happening, like, every six weeks or whatever. Um, so you have to prepare for these things. It's not like it's going to be surprised when you've got another school holiday that comes around. And and the, like, summer, Christmas, yeah. Easter, yeah. wheat, October, there's loads of them. There's mm-hmm. absolutely loads of them. And if you've got a kid now that's, what, five, like, you're going to have this for the next 10 years at least like well, you yeah. have to be dealing with some mm. form of this routine of your kids are on are in school then they're off school then they're like it's 10 10 mm. 11 years of this so it'd be quicker to accept it now understand how to make it work for you learn the tools and skills like planning and then implement them rather than resisting it because mm. if all you're doing is arguing against the change like oh it shouldn't be like this like i just want to go back to how it was like you're just wasting energy and a lot of it at that and it's not serving you like that mindset isn't helping you it's not Mm -hmm. moving you close to your goals it's not helping you get close to where you want to go it's not in alignment with your vision of the future and what you value the most so it's one of those things like sometimes we've got to embrace the suck on the short term Mm -hmm. and that might be the discomfort of starting to learn how to plan so that it can benefit us in the long run. And that doesn't, as I say, that doesn't mean to say that it needs to be a horrific process because it doesn't, like you said, keep it as simple as you need to. Start small, build up, just plan your workouts in. When are your workouts going to happen? Mm. Even go for a walk, food, like you suggested, and then add components to it over time. We don't need to go from zero to 100 and you don't need to turn into a plan always and use Google Calendar, synced with Notion, mm linked up to your phone that sends you alerts that like that's not needed it's about finding what works for you but you're only going to do that by experimenting with it and i suppose that's the same with all the other behaviors like you're going to have to play around with them like you're not going to get this right first time and that's okay because that's Mm. life yeah 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 yep wise words from the wise man as usual i appreciate that but i'm just (laughs) Just t- taking on board what uh, a lot of other people are saying, just from personal experience of working with people. Those expectations are a big one, and I know for a fact that that's something I struggle with as well. Um, but this this change in routine, like like you said very early on in the in the podcast, like just being kind to yourself as well. Like if it doesn't go to plan, there's no point beating yourself up. Like if if things don't happen the way that you intended to, learn from it and move forward rather than attacking yourself and berating yourself and shaming yourself. And obviously these are all things that you've got to learn over time, of course, but it can have a a huge impact on the way that you show up in the world. And obviously that means how you show up for the people around you as well. Mm, Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, I think we, I think we had got a good um, lot of tips and podcast in there for people to listen to. And uh, I'm sure that they will enjoy another month of us um waffling along i can't believe there's actually only three months of the year left um i do believe actually is it next month is our um is it october or november that we started last year oh i hadn't thought of that like our sort of like anniversary of yeah our anniversary i'm gonna have a look now yeah you'll have to Um, have a look at it more because i think it maybe was October, November. I thought it was. Yes, October. See, October. New feature. Episode 40. Where have you gone? There you are. Uh, yeah, episode 40 was. So, so this I must be our 12th month then. 
Oh yeah, because it's October all the way through to September. Yeah. Oh, that means next month's gonna have to be a big one. It's oh, gonna have to be something yeah. special, like first, anniversary, 12, 12, anniversary. 12 months. <laughs> oh no, we've set. <laughs> Look what you've done with the expectations, Fiona. Look what you've done. Look what you've done. You've just skyrocketed them. They're absolutely flying. So we're gonna. I don't know. I don't know. You you have to have a think. I'll leave that to you. That can be your. Oh, thanks. No, no pressure. Absolutely palming that off as quick as possible. <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds like a great job for you, Fiona. Yeah, let's work on what we do for twelve months of uh twelve months of podcasts. But right. no, I can't believe it either. It has absolutely flown by. I know a whole year. Crazy, crazy times. Right, okay, thank you very much for another amazing podcast, you, and I shall speak to you very soon. Thank you for having me, and uh, it's been a pleasure. Speak to you soon.